everyone, and welcome to China EVs and More, where my co-host, Lei Xing, and I will go over the week's most important and interesting news coming out of the China EV, AV, and mobility sectors. We will open the room up at around the 40-minute mark to anyone who's keen to ask us any questions. What Lei and I discuss today is based on our opinions and should not be taken as investment advice. If you enjoyed this room, please help us get the word out to other enthusiasts. And of course, tune in again next week. My name is Tu Li. I am the Managing Director at Sino Auto Insights, a Beijing-based consultancy that helps organizations bring innovative and tech-focused products and services to the transportation and mobility sectors. I write a free weekly newsletter that we pull many of our discussion topics from. You can sign up for it at SinoAutoInsights.com, which of course I encourage you all to do. Lei, can you please introduce yourself? Good morning. I am your co-host Lei Xing, former chief editor of China Auto Review, and good evening from my side. This is episode number sixty-three. It's been a busy week, to say the least.、Uh, let me go through my headlines. You you can stop where, wherever. You know the <laughs> the biggest news is all obviously Elon's forty-four billion takeover of Twitter. It seems to be hanging in the air a little bit, but this episode, at least, is now linked with the richest man on earth <laughs> and Tesla, <laughs> a company we mention pretty much every single episode. <laughs> so, so should we should should we only say good things now about Tesla? <laughs> no, I mean we should say anything we want, right? Free speech. No, I'll take my chance. Yes, public square. This is the public square. Yeah.、Right? So. So Neil's、uh, big milestone, uh, 200k cumulative production. Welcome to the 200k club, as we say. Despite the myriad of challenges, they've done it. And and going forward, if things continue to improve and and doesn't as get as bad, and if there hadn't been this outbreak, I mean, 300,000 by the end of the year was a foregone. Foregone conclusion, right? I mean that that's the that's their trajectory, but that remains to be seen. Here are some quick statistics: three years to a hundred thousand with the ES eight and ES six, one year to two hundred thousand. So, so it took three years to get to a hundred thousand, one year to get to two hundred thousand. I think, barring the Pandemic and the supply chain issues, they could have gotten to half a million with the ET five, ET,、uh, ET seven, ES seven. You know, within a couple of years, I think. Yeah, and、uh, we'll see what happens. And then, and then, just tons of AV news. Pony AI three times, right? The the, the taxi license, the investment into on time, and and just yesterday the driverless. Driverless, driverless, <laughs> robo taxis. <laughs>、uh, plus Baidu, plus WeRide's robo sweepers. Volkswagen Group's Carrier China launches, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later on. F one fifty Lightning job one. So this comes a month after you know the lyric, right? But but I think that obviously the F one fifty is is much more. You know whether you look at it as symbolic or, or, or a key product. Jim Farley taking a swipe. You know you can even charge other EVs for your friends that own Teslas. Ah, <laughs>、uh, yeah. This is. I think this is good. Yeah, I think yeah. a little bit of competition, a little bit of friendly. It's busy, you know, doing coke. Yeah, <laughs> I can't believe I said that. I, I, I. Thought that was a meme, and then I looked at the actual address or the the Twitter handle, and I was like, "He really tweeted that." <laughs> oh boy!、Um, and then a couple of interesting uh, products uh, launched or started presale were from the two of the Japanese brands: the Honda ENS ENS one、yep. and the EMP one, and Toyota's BZ4X. Okay, and then、uh, more news from Horizon Robotics announcing their、uh, second partner for the Journey Five chip, and、uh, I guess that's it. And and we've seen some、uh, preliminary reports of April registration numbers that's pointing to 
an interesting picture. You want to go there a little bit first? For me, I've only seen the ice numbers and their double-digit drops, significant double digits across the board for the foreign automakers. Is that is that what you're referring to? Yeah. But yeah, yeah. let's let's start with that. Yeah. So so I I mean CPCA they've done the weekly updates and and it's it's gotten worse I think by the week. So the latest numbers they had was from April 18th to 23, uh, and this is including everything. So PVs, including NEVs. I mean it's it's across the board. It's you know. 30%, 40%. We're not going to be able to point to just one thing. It's this folly of challenges and errors and tragedies that are causing not only the auto sector, but the greater economy of China. So we're, we're talking China is going to lose a point or two of growth potentially if this doesn't get sorted out. So so we look at this in, in different buckets. We put BYD in its own bucket and he it's still <laughs> based on the on the numbers that we've seen, right? It's probably still could do close if not over 100,000 units. Right. Despite <laughs> I guess being where they are and being what it is, they they've been less they've been shielded sort of from from all the challenges, uh, uh, relatively right. better than, than the others. And if we put the smart EV startups in in a bucket, I I doubt any of them will top ten thousand units in in April, psychologically, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't see any any of them uh, passing that that uh, threshold. And then the the legacies, right? The, the mass brands, we, we, you know, they're they're probably especially the VWs and and Toyotas that are over proportionally affected they're, they're they're down big let me ask you put a scenario in front of you if you're neo or an Xpong, and let's say april numbers come in less than five figures like you like you and i think okay so less than ten thousand units and then may comes in less than ten thousand units because of the struggle and you're supposed to launch the g9 or you're supposed to launch the et5 and the es7 later this year now, would you push that out? Would you prioritize current production first? Because let's assume that their order log is still increasing, right? And with, that, with an order log that's still increasing, but production is either at a crawl or non-existent. That means that lead times for a car that I order, an ES6 that's currently in production, might go from four weeks to six weeks to eight weeks, okay? And so... Would you push out launching these other two vehicles, or would you keep the launch cycle the same? You know that that's a tough one. I mean, in the case of in the case of Neo, right, you have the ET7, which is right now the ramp, what the 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 model that that they have to take care of because these people that ordered the the car has have been waiting for a year and a half, right, basically. And uh, right, so I, I I think that Neil would would uh, veer toward the, the ET7 a bit, you know. Whereas the other ones, right, the G9 and the L9, I mean, they they they've had the the cadence of delivering starting the, the, the more toward the second half of the year. Sure. So it's it's a bit more pressing for Neil, and it, and it it looks like you know for everyone. Has the worst gone past us? Maybe, uh, right? The, the the newest numbers out of Shanghai today lo- looks like the numbers have, have have gotten a lot less. But that's numbers, you know. We we don't know the. Hey, let me interject there because as Shanghai goes down, we are looking <laughs> at districts being. Restricted and locked down here in Beijing. Have you done your testing today? <laughs> I have is, not. Is this show interrupting your <laughs> testing? Yeah. So, <laughs> and school school got out one day earlier, right? Yeah. So the education minister. So we have May holiday. So there's a, it's a holiday weekend, and the kids would normally have Monday and Tuesday off. I think you're off until the fourth. Yes, and so. The education minister yesterday, so two things. This week, 
Monday, the kids were in class. Some kids in Beijing that were in certain districts or certain areas of Beijing went online. But my kids being in CBD, we were fine until uh, Wednesday. And then surprise, surprise, we wake up and the kids are online. So my youngest, his teacher actually wasn't prepared. And so he didn't have school for the part of the morning. And then on the afternoon, he logged in. My oldest was ready. So some of the I, I, I've seen some of the notifications were sent out at 2 a.m. in the morning. That's right. <laughs> so in, in the chat groups, <laughs> which, which tells me that these people are, are wavering a little bit, that the powers that be are wavering a little bit. Right. And the it's amazing to be able to test this many people because it went from three and a half million people in Chaoyang district where I live to citywide which is 21 million people or 21-ish million people. But it's not mandatory. And there's no way to penalize you if you don't get a test. So there are people that I know that are not getting tested. And so if that happens, that, that filter, that net has holes in it. And so, you know, it's, it's very challenging. So, you know, I know you're a bit optimistic about Shanghai, Lay, but uh, I'm 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 not. I'm hopeful that Beijing learned its lesson. First of all, Beijing it doesn't have the, the the politics involved that Shanghai does. So they're they seem to be more decisive and they seem to be more prepared. So on Sunday they they released a hundred tons or yeah hundred tons of eggs <laughs> because there's a run on the grocery stores. Yeah. Yeah. So if so, and, and this is part of what we talked about just now, Neo, Xpeng, these decision-making things, right? Because as planners, as supply chain guys, as sourcing guys, what we want is someone to tell us this will end on June 30th so that we can plan, right? And so the unpredictability of everything really creates not only in the, in the, in the manufacturing team's mind, but in the consumer's mind, right? Okay, I want to buy a car. So, although BYD is kind of able to be shielded, if this lasts into two, three, four months, there's no way that they're not going to be affected on the sales side, if not the production side. So, again, it's yeah, we're lucky in Beijing that it's a holiday weekend because I think there would be a lot more anxiousness if not. Well, I mean, this is like almost like a whack-a-mole. <laughs> right? It's exactly what it is. Starting with Jilin, moving toward Shanghai, and now Beijing is so far so good, but... And remember, you know this, so let's, let's, let's go over. We know that Volkswagen's, or we know Volkswagen GM is in Shanghai. We know Volkswagen is in Jilin. We know that Baidu is in Shenzhen. Beijing has Mercedes. Beijing has, or Hyundai. Tianjin has Hyundai. Yeah, so... Everyone is going to be touched eventually if this whack-a-mole goes to all these different cities, right? And we've talked about this as well. We're only talking about the tier one suppliers, the seating suppliers, the door handle suppliers, the IP suppliers, the overhead suppliers. They buy things too, and their sources are likely in these smaller little cities. When I say small, when Leigh and I say small, we say two, three million people small, right? That we don't even know about that are probably locked down, right? Especially the southern border near Shenzhen in Yunnan province. There are cities and towns there that have been locked down for 60 days that you'll never even hear about. Yeah. So so basically the general outlook for April is is it'll be down. It'll be down. But like last episode, you know, I said it's it's better than I expected. Uh but you're looking at the different buckets, you're going to see different performances. So BYD is pretty good. Some of the other ones in the southern parts of China are doing relatively better. Shanghai, you know, Tesla, right? Uh, Volkswagen, uh, Toyota, they'll be more affected. So you're going to see slightly different variations of, you know, decreases uh, for yeah. April. But hopefully they can make it up, you know, in, in, in the later months. But we'll see. Yeah. I think it's important to note, Lay, that there are still those handful, five, six, seven, eight EV companies in, 
in China that have opened order books for Europe too. So expect delays on on shipments for exports, right? Because uh, there's an article this week from I want to say Auto News or Nikkei that said that that route, the train route from Germany to China, and that that one lane has closed because. They're afraid Russians might steal those cars or they might not make it to the final destination for, for whatever reason. And so they have to ship them on boats now. So two issues. You don't, have, you don't have production. You don't have supply. So there's going to be delays in deliveries for European customers, too, for those handful BYD, Neo, Xpeng that are ordering in Europe. So, Yep. Yep. But everybody's hoping it doesn't get worse. I think... What Leigh and I have decided is that we'll spend a few minutes to update everyone on the production and manufacturing, the latest news. So I think that's important. And that's something that we are pretty good between Leigh and I, I think, of getting the latest news, not just what you see in in the media outlets. So how about we move on to what was mostly going to be our AV update episode? Yeah, well, I mean, what would you think? I, I, it seems all of a sudden that these, these... So let's look at this sequentially. So Pony came out with an announcement about a taxi license. So, you know, if we look at it at a 50,000 foot level, they all seem kind of similar, right? We're launching this, we're launching this. But Pony is actually a paid service in Nansha. That was the original announcement earlier this week. So milestone for them, milestone for China. Okay, Nansha is a is a relatively small city in China. Okay, but nonetheless, quite district. an accomplishment. Yes, yes, uh, a district in Nansha. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but re- we have to remember for the the folks that have never been to China or only hear about China. A district in most Chinese cities is probably as big as the entire city in a lot of Europe or parts, a lot of uh, the United States. The next biggest announcement, I believe, was the Baidu announcement. And they have announced and two things here that are significant. The city of Beijing, they're launching their non-safety driver pilot program in Beijing. Okay, so the significance of Beijing shouldn't be lost on people. Beijing is the capital city. It is much busier and much more hectic than a Nansha, any part of Nansha. And they, and you had made a good point on Twitter. The safety driver is gone, but there does need to be someone in the car, a badged Baidu employee in the vehicle. So huge deal, something they should pat themselves on the back on. Uh, for sure. And what were the next announcements, Lay? Oh, just uh, the other one relating to Pony was the on-time mobility ride, uh, ride-hailing platform from GAC Group, getting the $1 billion, uh, round of financing. And actually, Pony and WeRide are two of the investors in that round. And uh, so that's the three pieces of news Related to Pony. So for those, Pony is a Shanghai-based and Guangzhou-based? Guangzhou-based. You know, they're everywhere. Beijing. Yeah. And <laughs> then we ride. We ride is Guangzhou headquartered. So they're actually chopping up China from a pilot standpoint. Yeah. But they're competing on the AV side, but they're cooperating on this ride-hailing platform. Yeah. If you look at the competitive landscape and we look at it from two different perspectives. One is the location. So Nansha, Guangzhou, and Yizhuang, Beijing are shaping up to be the AV capital of the world, at least in China, uh, from these news, uh, right? I mean, Nansha is where WeRi is going to put 50 of those robo-sweepers into testing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if, if you are in Nansha right now, you're... I mean, you're on cloud nine, right? If, if, you, if you're an <laughs> AV enthusiast or fanatic, you know. And the other side of the competitive landscape, I think looking at it currently, is Baidu and Pony are definitely in the leadership position as far as 
advancing or progressing into that next stage of, let's say, what Cruise is doing in San Francisco or what Waymo is doing in, in um, Arizona. They're not there yet qu- uh, quite because of the, <laughs> you know, I was laughing yesterday because I've learned a new word in the Chinese presser. It says, 方向盘后无人, which means, 方向, okay. No one behind the steering wheel driverless, which means obviously there's somebody 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 sitting shotgun. Somebody sitting shotgun. <laughs> yeah. So I mean all these terminology and, and coming, you know, uh I thought was interesting. But nevertheless, right, it's 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 a progress. The next stage is obviously removing that passenger safety driver, right? Or employee. He's not a driver. He's a safety employee. You know, in the middle of the armrest, there's this yellow button, right? <laughs> that that he can, you know, uh, press anytime there's a situation that comes up. But yeah, that's that's the competitive landscape, and it seems Pony Pony and 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 Baidu are are kind of they're they're, they're moving ahead together, they're shoulder to shoulder. But there's also that you know competition of right. Pony is now in two cities. I think Baidu they're already in all four tier ones, tier one cities. And then you look at the mileage. Baidu obviously has a little bit more mileage uh, tested. But Pony says you know I'm the first one to get, actually get that taxi license, which right. has a set of stringent requirements that you need to meet in order to get it right. And uh, and the other, I think the other part of it uh, about on time is this 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 mobility platform is less than three years old. It was it was established in June two thousand nineteen, so almost three years. Invested by a GAC Group, and I think being in Guangzhou served you know served it well because of the Nansha, because of the local AV ecosystem that Pony and WeRide would invest into the, the ride-hailing platform, the CEO of OnTime, he says something which was interesting, is that there's a point in time when the competition in AVs moves from technologies, sensors, into the operational man- management side of it. So any of these AV companies, they would need a operational partner to put the AVs onto the streets and right so so that's why i think on time is it's i think they're pretty lucky and in in in, in sharp contrast we, we haven't heard much about dd <laughs> right so let, let me add some color here so nansha guangzhou versus beijing guangzhou is almost tropical hot yeah no snow so boats it bodes well for yeah. AV companies to be able to test 365 days a year. Beijing doesn't snow that much, but it does snow. But Baidu, for them, it's it's really a feather in their cap to be able to say we're we're making stuff happen or GSD getting stuff done. The S actually stands for something else, but we'll say we'll, we're getting stuff done in the capital city. And uh, if we're keeping score, you know. Deep route Maxwell Joe said, and he alluded to the same thing. We need operational partners. And so the idea that AV companies are software plays, let, that's going away. Okay. In China, we need an operational partner, full stop. And Baidu, by way of being the, the biggest monster, are able to, to put the most kilometers in their algo. So, <sighs> And WeRide has also partnered with a few operational OEMs as well. And so to summarize, NEO has, and, and these guys are going international, so, so I'm jumping ahead of myself. So NEO has a pilot program in Munich that's going to be launching with Sixth. WeRide has a pilot program that's going to be launching in UAE, I believe, Lay and correct me if I'm wrong, and then they all have operations and pilots and testing in Silicon Valley. So there, there's no lack of ambition 
for any of these folks. And we can't forget Momenta, who GM has sent or committed to uh, writing a $300 million check for, okay? And that's just the robo-taxi guys. There's commercial trucking guys, like Too Simple, like Plus. And so we're seeing a bit of maturity here. And the on-time is happening while DD is still in the box. They can't catch a break. The Hong Kong Stock Exchange rejected them. The Chinese government said, you're still in the box. We're keeping you there for a little bit longer. So they're still in limbo, okay? They upset somebody pretty badly, it seems. And speaking of competition, right, you mentioned GM and Momenta. It's as much a competition among the AV startups as it is among the OEMs behind them. So Pony is invested by Toyota. So they're running these Lexus vehicles. WeRide is invested by the Alliance. So they're running the Nissan Leafs and the Sylphies, uh, or, or the you know the the the, the EVs. Some of the EVs yep. produced by uh, Nissan, right? Whereas Baidu, they are working with several OEM par- partners, right? Hongqi and ArcFox, right? Um, you know, on a robo taxi, yeah. So. Right, so this is this is a competition on so many different fronts, right? The regional governments, the policymakers, the AV companies, the hardware suppliers, the software, and 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 and, and the OEMs. And we're only talking about the the first gen AV companies. We haven't even spoken about QCraft, Deep Route. You know, uh, so so there are newbies, uh, relatively newbie, right? Like on time, it's a three year old company, but they saw an opportunity. And these SOEs want in on that, right? Because it sells their car. It sells their capacity to the AV companies so they can get more of them on the road and keep their factories open. Because if they're not partnering with these AV companies, then whenever robo-taxis in 10 years becomes a real thing, they're going to have to deal with that. They're going to become collateral damage unless they're partnering with these guys. And we should mention, Lei, that Huawei has also mentioned that they're going to be a bit slower on launching their vehicles with their partner, Ceres, and a couple of other Chinese companies. I forget now. I have them in my notes. but So, so effectively, and you please correct me if you're hearing different things, Huawei has contract manufacturers now because they're running the show. The brands, the EV brands that they're partnering with, they don't really have a say, I don't think. Yeah. And, and Huawei has, in itself, it has three different types of approaches. So Huawei is a supplier. It's a tier one supplier. That's one level. Huawei is a Huawei inside partner. That's that's another level up. So let's say ArcFox and, and Ceres. And Huawei is on the third level in the case of Vito, is more of a participant on even, you know, designs, right? The, the car designs that they're, right. they're involved in. And, and they're investors into some of these new, new brands, right? Avatar, you know, companies like those. So let's move on to Karyat and that announcement that they now have a Chinese division that they're going to really lean on. Yeah, so... For those of you that don't may not know that Karyat is essentially Mobility Asia rebranded. And if you knew Mobility Asia was headed by Wei Ming So, who is off to doing something new, and we've mentioned this many times. <laughs> uh, well he's technically he's technically just the CEO of Renault China. Yeah. And I I think we 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 you know tweeted back and forth on, on Twitter that the Korea China uh, interesting as much as what they're doing as who's running the show. So the CEO is a guy who's a lifer at Volkswagen. He is a German, but he was born and raised in Harbin. And he's one of the guys who actually started 
very early days of the Karyad. Uh, and I guess he's called back to run the show in China. Okay, so this is a guy that's kind of have, a, have had the, at least cultural-wise, a diverse background. And the CTO is... Cultural-wise cultural <laughs> within Volkswagen. Yeah. <laughs> and the CTO, who used to be at IBM for almost two decades before, uh, you know... Uh, Arriving in Volkswagen, I think in 2017. So technically, these are both VW guys with with the CTO having had the kind of the IBM experience. But I think you had some issues with that. I think <laughs> uh, <laughs> that that right um, is is that a good thing or a bad thing? Do you want some somebody from the internal elevated to to these type of positions, or do you want someone else from the outside to run it? Uh, that's I know externally I might seem a bit hard on Volkswagen Group, but but that's because I'm here in Beijing. I hear from their employees and I see the frustrations on the ground because they want to do the right thing. And they're just not capable because decision making is still very centralized. And are you getting the same impression from, from when you talk to people? You know, Wollenstein, he did the best that he could. I think you and I agree with that. But again, his replacement is somebody from Germany. It's not, you know, why would they allow or why would they hire? Well, and he's, and, and this is the thing, right? He's not, he's German. He He's 20 years in Volkswagen, most of that time in Germany. So uh, <laughs> they're saying the right things. I, I read the media release on the Karyad website. So Dirk Hilgenberg is the global CEO of Karyad. First of all, why do you separate the software development team into an entire company? I don't get that. Okay. They need to be embedded in part of the company and they need to drive the change, right? Not as some separate company. And it says, our, together with our China team, we are working towards one goal to code the future of mobility. What does that mean? No. You're there to enable the best user experience and customer engagement through your brands as you can. Coding the future of mobility, what? That tells me right then and there that they're not thinking the bogey is completely different than what it needs to be, right? They said this in a media release. Yeah, I think what you mean is this use of mobility is becoming uh, too much of a catchphrase or, or, or cheesy you know, a, a term. Uh, whereas, you know, I look at this. First of all, I think at least they they have right. Obviously, even though he's a German national, but he he is Chinese in some ways, right? So yep. the two two the CEO and the CTO are Chinese. So I guess you know that that's that's good. But what? <laughs> and I don't know them, so I'm not trying to be personal. By the way, when, when I talked to Wollenstein in the Max episode, he kind of mentioned um, this guy, uh, but it wasn't included in, in, in our final uh, right. recording. Uh, so now I, I kind of understand. And going back actually to, to what Wollenstein said, his quote, that China has made it, and putting that, translating that into Korea, China, uh, and one of the very important phrases that they use in the in the pressers in the press release was, you know, in China, for China, and in China for the world with China speed. So this carrier China entity is actually very important to the carrier global, right? They're right. developing. I think somewhere it said seventy percent of. Development was led by by the China entity on some of the global programs, but here here here's they they Changqing when he spoke basically basically there's a step three step process their their end goal is to launch this you know all new uniform stack right uh, that's that's their end goal and then by mid decade yeah and then kind of the second so I'm going backwards right so so the second was to have this high-end software platform suitable for the PPE 
which is also coming on a few couple of years later with the Audi and the Porsche. And this is all I'm talking about China. And the first priority is so let me let me interrupt you there. Yeah. Because Audi had Artemis. Artemis got rolled into Cariad. And I think that's what they're talking about. Yeah. And then going back further to the present, their first priority of this carrier China is to actually have this so-called production software platform that will be able to OTA for the ID family. So this is this will happen in the second half of 2022, all for China. So this is their three-step process. And when the CTO came on to talk, he gave a few examples. So one of the examples he gave was this kind of the, there's this forward innovative action that they're taking. There's this rainbow project. I didn't understand that at all. Yeah, they showed this lady sitting in the car. So what they're trying to do is offer this, what you're wearing that day, you, you know, the type of, clothing, the color, based on that, (laughs) they will have a way to create a smart cockpit that kind of meshes with with your mood or your your style that day. So that's something interesting that they're doing. I don't know how, it's almost like the, what's the word? The feel inside a cabin, uh, right? Yeah. They're trying to create that. It's, It's just one of the examples that he gave. And there was tons of others that that were quite technical. But he also talked about this management toolkit, right, for for developers, this process method toolkit, so-called PMT. But at the end of the day, this this is, again, this is reflecting China has made it common where the the times or or the days, it's the other way around. I think Volish and I, he kind of alluded to that. In, in the conversation, and this is reflected now by Carrier, and I think Carrier look look forward to post twenty twenty five on on what they have. But in the immediate, you know, immediate concern is is ID. If if it takes them until twenty twenty five to develop this hardware software stack, they should just go buy Deep Route. They should <laughs> just go buy. Honestly, right? Like they're they're getting it done every six months. There's announcement. Right. Like it's tiring just hearing you say this is a three step process. Dude, it's software development. It should be freaking, you know, agile. Yeah. You should be coming out with something all the time. I don't care how big your team is. They did say that they're going to go from what, 1200? From I think 600 600 to 1200 by 2023. Yeah. Right. So remember this they have to compete against Jidu, Baidu, Neo, Leoto, Xpeng for talent. Right. Yeah. That's the key for talent. If I am a Chinese developer that's worth my weight in gold, then I would want options. Volkswagen's options aren't going to be worth a damn. You know, incrementally, I might make 10, 20% more over a period of four years. But, you know, if I'm at a startup, man, you know, so. Yeah, I, maybe I, I'm not as <laughs> pessimistic as you are. <laughs> This is this entity is sort of Volkswagen's vengeance play. I think. Yeah. Uh, 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 I feel a bit that way, and this is not something that I have immediate fruit in the next few months, right? Sure. So the reason I'm 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 imploring them. I'm. It hurts my feelings that they're not thinking about this differently because they've lost fourteen percent, seven percent in the last two years of, of production volume, right? And the ID series is not doing well. So they can't wait three years is, is, is my point. And they aren't emphasizing speed. They, they've said it in the media, but three years is not fast. And so I just, and that's why the whole point of me saying somebody from outside needs to go in there and kick some ass, like a Doug Field from, from Ford, Okay, he's probably given three years. He's pro- Farley's probably given them three years to turn that stuff around, right? He's not. <laughs> and we're talking about the entire company being turned around, not a hardware software stack being developed for your nine brands, right? So, again, I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, it's it's just for I think for Volkswagen a lot on their plate right now, and they have their work cut out for them, right? On the one hand, the production issues production loss, 
ID sales, right? All of these issues that they're all, you know, not Volkswagen, but the most of the, many of the foreign legacy brands are, are confronting this funk in China. And I mean, Volkswagen had to start somewhere. So carry it. China is, is, is a starting place, at least on, 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 on the kind of the in-house vertical integration. And then I, I was going to say the other thing that they announced a couple of weeks ago is the selection of 20 Chinese tech companies yep. for their uh, SSP future models, not in China, for, but for the other Western markets. So I guess they're going parallel, right? So in-house plus these partners. Uh, so how, you know, how that plays out, how, how do they balance going forward? And I tweeted, this is the challenge with using significant partners, at least on the software side, you know, for hardware, it's fine, right? To have a, a Lear build your seats for the, for your Audi R5 or your A6, that's fine. But when it comes to software and hardware, uh, on the tech side, a lot of that, if, if you Frankenstein a system together, there's the potential for just a ton of bugs. And so, and you lose control of the complete design process. And so I don't know what the balance is for Volkswagen, for GM, or for Ford when it comes to when do we outsource, when do we insource and keep things in-house. But think of think of it the more in-house, the more control. But the 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 more outsource the faster you can probably get it done, right? Generally speaking. So if they want a compelling user experience, they need to bring a lot of that in-house, right? You know, for us, the industry observers, this is great to see because you have the seesaw battle, right? The foreigners led, now the Chinese out in the front, the foreigners trying to catch up, right? You know, it's not to the point where we can't say that Right, we, we we always say many times that the, the startups are not out of the woods, and the legacies are not dead. <laughs> so it's let's let's give it a couple of years. But if 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 they can get this right, if Volkswagen can get the carrier China right, they'll have a chance. But if they don't, then I don't know. Right, <laughs> uh, let let's be patient a little bit. Let's not call the you know. The fat ladies that hasn't, <laughs> right? So it's not to, to that point yet. So I, I tend to kind of, I, I tend to root for Volkswagen a bit. Not that I'm biased, but just, just this, you know, to see whether they can, they can come back or they can do this. I, when I was <laughs> in my twenties and still super, 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 super car guy, like I. I still love Porsches. I still love Audis. Audis were never that big in the United States, but I always thought they're beautiful cars. So the the Porsche Taycan Grand Turismo that was launched in China a couple of days ago, I said that was my favorite car because it met three criteria. First, it was a Porsche. Second, it was an electric car. And three, it was a shooting brake. So that one car satisfied all my three <laughs> desires. Sure, sure. <laughs> Uh, and let me be clear, Lay, because I have been dumping on Volkswagen, but it's almost like I I, I want them to succeed. I want them to succeed so bad, right? I see, want, see, that's exactly that's exactly I think what I was trying to say. I want them to win, and you know, I, I I'm biased. I want everybody to win. Unfortunately, that's not going to happen, and that's why we make <laughs> these comments, right? That's the reality of it. And so, but to see such a huge company over the last several years. And yeah, I'm I'm still a little bit jaded with the Dieselgate thing. That still bugs me a little bit. Yeah. I just think that there should have been more severe penalties for that. But anyways, but I, I'm pretty tough when we talk about GM, when we talk about Ford. I, I, I like to think I'm pretty tough when it comes to those companies as well. So I just need to have a better outlook, I think. <laughs> yeah. And the only other thing was uh, going back to the sales was uh, the state council released a circular a few days ago. Basically, it's it's just said you know to to support sales of NEVs and and vehicle sales in general, and and no longer put 
any more restrictions into place in limiting sales. So that there's one sign, and and if you look at the production reboot, right? Uh, it's I think we're seeing this coordination going on uh, through various levels of the government. Um, so that's why I, earlier I said, you know, it's it's it feels like it's it's getting better. Right? The, the worst may be behind us. So you see these signs, you th- you see these announcements, you know, pointing to to some kind of stability. If they can wall off and really create closed loops, let's say, for instance, blocking off Beijing, if I, I hope it doesn't, but if it gets more serious here, being able to block that off and as Shanghai goes down in infections, kind of restarting that, it I just feel that it's just really difficult, especially with this variant, to be COVID zero. Uh, and there's always going to be that risk. Uh, so, you know, f- f- for the summer anyways, this risk is going to be here for sure. And uh, yeah, April is going to be a mess. Do you think that the ICE sales is an overall indication? Do you think the EVs will be a little bit better at least? Well, the EVs are because... Right, we're we're still talking about a relatively low base and ICE market share. We're we're going down anyways. Yeah. So that's why why I said you know if both are going down, but EVs, you know, especially BYD, right, the, the level that they've had, then I I I expect to see similar penetration rates uh, on on NEVs. Uh, from months past, right? Though the volumes are down a bit, so that that's that's my expectation. Oh, so a couple things that I made notes of that I failed to uh, talk about really quickly. CATL's Evago has their first partner. Oh, the Iways second second partner. Iways second partner. Sorry, yeah, yeah, for battery swapping. I, I heard so. So by the way, I've also heard some of the second, third tier EV startups are coming on board, and announcements are imminent. Yes, for sure. <laughs> I I I would think that CATL probably bullied them a little bit to come on board. <laughs> uh, a few of them, anyways. Yeah, and and if you look at the FAW Best Tune Iways. These are two brands that are not... They need this push. Right. They haven't resonated with the Chinese domestic market, right? So you tend to think that these type of the companies are, are, are the early ones that will work with CATL's battery swap and not the prominent ones, at least not yet. And you have to point back to iways being in 12 markets outside of... Or 14 markets outside of China... Maybe that is CATL's way of moving their Evigo swapping abroad. So, well, Iways did say in in the presser that they were looking at this battery swap uh, abroad as well. So, yes, and you and I had the pleasure of speaking with someone this week for our Max episode that didn't seem to think that <laughs> battery swapping was going to be. Very successful outside of China, so in, per- in particular the U.S. I think I think that's that was yeah yeah. And we should give BYD kudos; their cash flow increased significantly from Q1 sales. That was that was a, a, a out of this world number, eight thousand percent increase, <laughs> right? <laughs> what, what? So we have two of our snowball capital friends on, so they've been. You know, besides us, obviously, they've been ringing that bell since we've known them, right? Yeah, and also, also a little bit debate on on who that LFP partner was for Ford, right? I think it's Goshen. I think it is Goshen. Could be Goshen or SK. I, I don't know, but I mean, obviously, Goshen's announcement was with a big American public listed automaker, right? right. I mean, who there's only. Three of them, GM, Tesla, and Ford. <laughs> Who <Yes>. else? <laughs> so. Well, yeah, because because well, because Dodge is actually part of a French company now, right? So. Yeah. Uh, so so housekeeping. 
So basically, you'll be on a little mini vacation. I don't know. But obviously, next week, we get to talk the April sales numbers because they'll be out on May 1st, which is Sunday. Yes, Sunday. So we'll be back on May 5th, right? Yes, yes. Okay, so so we'll have the same time uh, next Thursday. And I think for if, if you're looking for up to the minute or up to the day updates, just follow me or, or lay on Twitter about production and manufacturing life in China. Beijing is in, in now Guangzhou. You've heard about Guangzhou now, right? Right, Lei? Yeah. Speaking of, my uh, friend got out of the quarantine. He boarded the bullet train this morning from Shenzhen back to Beijing. So I'm really happy for him. <laughs> in, into another quarantine? Uh, no. Uh I don't know. I have to check with him. I think he said he doesn't have to quarantine for some reason. Really? Right. I I don't know how 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 it was, but I check with him. But at least I mean he gone he's gone through that process of leaving the U.S. seven days ahead of time. You have to do this and that, right? Board the plane, land, stay in the hotel for twenty one days. <laughs> oh, <I was> so, <laughs> Just a push notification right now. Elon Musk sold around four billion worth of Tesla shares. <laughs> that that must be for Twitter, or no? <laughs> yes, for sure. So I'm, I'm going to say this. Uh, we can end this on on this note, unless you want to retort. No, no, I think we're 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 good. <laughs> Twitter being owned by Jeez. Elon and the Chinese government, there is leverage there. There is leverage there. Full stop. Yeah. So to say that he's not gonna, he's not, he, he, the Chinese government's not gonna try to influence him. That's wrong. That's a wrong, wrong way to look at it. If will he be influenced? That's another question, right? I agree. But I agree. That brings us to the end of this week's show. Lay and I thank you for tuning in. My name is Tu Lee, and you can find me on Twitter at Sino Auto Insight. That's S I N O A U T O. I-N-S-I-G-H-T. You can find Lei on Twitter at LeiXing77. That's L-E-I-X-I-N-G-7-7. If you wouldn't mind rating and or reviewing us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you grab your podcast from, we'd appreciate that as well. Even better, if you enjoy this show, please tell your friends about it. Please join us again next week as we track down all the latest news on China, EVs, and more. 